ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 24th and Park. Um, as always, with my two brothers, James and John, as we get ready to chop it up about a little PSG um, and everything going on in the world of French football, UCL, everything like that. But before we jump in, as always, got to touch base. Fellas, how we doing? Solid, man. Solid. Cannot complain. Getting a little cold outside, but, you know, we still going. Uh, and enjoy the weekend. I'm glad to be on here again with you boys. Talk some footy. Yes, sir. Um, well, it's not cold here, so I'm sorry, John. But, <laughs> you know, nice. we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Uh, yeah, again, happy to be here. Ready to get it going. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to damper his parade. You know, talking about what what cold is. I know right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, last night touchdown into the the low sixties in Miami. Ooh, you know, AC. Brutal, brutal. A, no, no, not even. AC was off. Slept with the windows open. It was. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So look at, look um, at the privilege. Look at the weather, <laughs> the weather privilege. <laughs> oh man, a low a low sixty, a low sixty. Yeah, the, the bay gets cold though. I've been to the bay a couple times. If you're like literally in the bay, like in downtown downtown San Fran, like that, the drop or I guess the difference in temperature is pretty crazy because it, it it definitely is a little breezy and you know when that that wind's coming off the water, it can get a little it can get a little nippy. Yeah, those microclimates will do you in. Exactly. So fresh off uh, the Bordeaux game, fresh off of UCL week, a lot to talk about. But, you know, only one place to start. Um, Wednesday afternoon, PSG had a chance to travel to Germany, take on Red Bull Leipzig, left with, you know, a 2-2 draw, which puts them one point behind Man City in the table with two matches to go before the group stage ends. Um, Initial reactions, man. So, you know, John, I'll start with you. What were your takeaways from the the match? You know, how do you think we played? And, you know, just what were your thoughts overall? Yeah, it, uh, the match kind of reminded me of uh, we played Lille. I believe we played Lille, the, the match before that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it kind of reminded me of that match in terms of how Lille approached uh, the the match where they have really fast, explosive players and just ex- exploiting the spaces that PSG leave in transition with us being so high up the pitch and uh, – and Kunku, man, like <laughs> he's one of us, but every time he plays us, like he has this this sort of urgency that he just wants to kill us. And he was dictating the tempo of the match for Leipzig, and they just kept coming at us and coming at us. And it was it was a little worrying, you know. But if, if you've been watching PSG this season, it's it, it ain't gonna come to much of a surprise, given how shaky and, and vulnerable our defense have has been, but. It was just um, it was it wasn't a good start for us, but we we found a little rhythm uh, and 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 got back into the into the match. But overall, man, I I wasn't pleased with it because of uh, the implications when we're talking about trying to win the group against Manchester City, who we got to see pretty soon. So you know, I I I'll, I'll take the draw. Obviously, we didn't drop uh, we didn't we didn't drop all all the points. So I'll, I'll take the point. But I wasn't really impressed with 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 how we we played as a, as a collective. Again, a lack of identity going forward. It was a lot of let let our superstars bail us out, and like I'm, I'm still not happy with that aspect of, of our game uh, thus far. But yeah, man, I, I again, Christopher and Kunku just 
he he just wants to he just wants to to, to kill us every time he plays us, man. So I got to give him a shout out because he's the academy player. But yeah, man, we 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 gotta we gotta finish out strong against City and and try to uh, try to you know punch our ticket into the round of sixteen. I mean, I think you've taken the, the words right out of my mouth. Um, and not to obviously jump ahead to to the City match um, because I'm sure we'll get to that in later podcast episodes, but we have, we have this thing where we, we don't, we play up to the level of what we expect from our opponent. And in the case of city, we're going to play to the highest level because that's a top tier team. So everyone shows up, puts in their a game, but if it's a team like Leipzig, we only play up to like maybe a half, a fraction of that. And, I think so many times it's been said of this PSG team, no one's afraid of us. It doesn't matter who we have on this side. None of these teams we're going against are afraid of us. They're looking to put a dent in our record, put a check in the armor. Um, they're looking to embarrass us, as is the majority of European clubs. And so when I see the performance on the pitch, it's, it has this very lazy effort, especially finishing out games and I think we've discussed this numerous times where we're we're highly clinical in terms of our superstars like it's a lot of high octane action but it does not resonate where it matters most which is in the midfield defensively and finishing out games with a clean sheet uh props to Donnarumma for getting a big stop definitely appreciate that could have been worse uh Christopher and Cuckoo I'm sorry again. No, we've had our had our differences in the past, but when that man faces us, he's different. Yeah. He is different, and um, I just don't feel as though this team has a real identity or game plan outside of let's get to the ball to the attack and see what they can do. Um, obviously, there was a pretty big mishap, which we will discuss, I'm sure, very soon. Uh, that that cost us a goal, but um, it wasn't it wasn't the most assured performance. And I think obviously the ownership of PSG they want to play an attractive style of footy, um, and they also want to win. Um, and I think that we are we're winning, but we are playing the attractive and confident style of footy that we need to play. And I'm very nervous that this upcoming city match will actually show the character and the true identity of this team, whether good or bad. The upcoming city um, second leg will show that who this team is moving forward, because right now it feels like a hodgepodge of different folks. I do appreciate that if we're seeing a few people that we've had on the on the question mark block for a while. We don't really know what's going on with them. This, we're starting to see their form kind of come into shape. There's others we don't really know what they're, gonna, what they're doing. Um, but I think overall with this, this Leipzig match, I think, first of all, Leipzig, the third point, like they were hungry and they took it from us. And that's the mentality that we should have with every team, whether it's Bordeaux, which we'll talk about, or whether it's Leipzig, or whether it's City, Liverpool, every match we should be, clinical from start to finish and I just don't think we do that I think we underestimate our opponents a lot of times and then we play on the back foot 
unfortunately. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. You know, I think this match, you know, which we'll, we'll dive into like specific aspects of the match and the performance is just more of the same, right? It's been the theme of the season. This is a team that doesn't seem to, at least at this point, be able to see a game out for a full 90 minutes. Um, they seem to let opponents, you know, bring the game to them as opposed to when PSG, at least the PSG that we're used to seeing, right, takes the match to their their opponent. And listen, I'm not someone that believes that stats are everything. I'm not even someone that believes that XG, you know, expected goals is everything because, you know, there's plenty of times where you win a game where you don't have, you know, the, the expected goal metric or, you know, where the stats favor, right? Even possession is is hard thing because sometimes you're playing counterattack. But, you know, looking at the stats from here, it's a 3.3 expected goals for Leipzig, 2.2 for us. Um, but the glaring thing for me that I'm noticing in a lot of games, and, you know, this is one of my biggest gripes with Poch, and we'll get into where he stands, but it's, you know, I can concede the fact that our defense is leaky. I can concede the fact that we didn't have Verratti and, you know, at, at this point in time, our midfield really isn't that balanced. But what I can't concede is when you play Di Maria, Mbappe, and Neymar, or even when Messi is there, how we're lacking the ability to create consistent chances or put other teams under pressure, right? So 17 shots for Leipzig, seven shots for us, seven total shots in a game, right? And this was something that I kind of saw um, coming from the previous game, right? We barely escaped the first Leipzig game at home with them. It was moments of individual brilliance from Mbappe and Messi that got us into that game. No Neymar that game, if I, if I remember correctly. So Leipzig went back home thinking we can get at these dudes. There's, there's nothing that is stopping us from, you know, um, or making us fear this team, right? So um, our inability to beat the press, which has been evident all season, teams in league are doing it to us. They're pressing us. And if Ferrari's not there, if Paredes isn't there, we just don't have the quality in midfield to create those line breaking passes in order for us to beat that first or second line in order to break out our offense. And when it does, you know, we're turning the ball over. I saw countless times in the Leipzig match, equally countless times against Bordeaux, where midfielders are making these passes that are literally going straight to the opposition player. They're not even making it to a PSG player, right? So, um, Chances created for them, 11 out of those 17, nine for us, right? So um, even that we lost possession. So for me, it's it's just more of the same, more of the same that we've seen all season. Um, at this point in time, I haven't seen a progression from what Poch did last year to what Poch has done this year. I haven't seen patterns of play. Um, the defense is lopsided, we're unbalanced. And for me, that's that's the biggest gripe. It's, it's not the goals given up. It's you know, with the offensive tools you have at your disposal, how do we not see an identity on the offensive end in the final third? How are we not, damn, not even scoring goals, but like, give me chances. I don't feel like we create that many chances in any of the games that we play. Um, and for me, that is, that's definitely a cause for concern. So listen, it puts pressure, right? Um, that's a game that you had the ability to win. You had the ability in a smashing grab situation to again, somehow win a game and steal points and, you know, assure yourself at the top of the table where you go into that Manchester city match, not having to necessarily need a draw or win, you know, a draw would be great. Even if you lose, you still put yourself in great position with, you know, the final match against Bruges at home. But now you've got to try and go to Manchester City and at least come away with a point 
you know, it's not the end of the world if we don't, but you know, now you're really in a position if you go there and you don't leave with at least a point, you're really kind of settling for second place. If you leave there with a point, they're on eight or no, they're on nine, I believe, or eight. And we're on, cause we're, where are we at right now? I apologize. Let me pull this the table real quick. So if we go there, we get a point they're on 10, we're on nine. So that means, you know, you can hope for a draw against Leipzig um, and a win for us. And we're, we're able to kind of sneak out of there with the top spot. If we continue to play the way that we're playing, if I'm being honest and objective, I'm not convinced. And I could probably make a case for about anywhere from three to five teams in the Champions League that I would be, that I wouldn't want to see in the round of 16, you know, over a two leg period. And yeah, you know, we'll get more into the potch and kind of just what we've seen. Um, but that's my take, you know, and it goes in line with what you guys are saying, but that's my take on just this match, right? It's just more of the same. Um, I went into that match kind of nervous, like, all right, are we going to finally see a collective performance? Are we finally going to be able to see out a performance for 90 minutes? Or is it going to be like, we somehow get out of here with three points by the skin of our teeth? You know what I mean? And, and it looked like that's what it was about to be. But if I'm also being honest, Leipzig deserved a point. And to be honest, they may have deserved more. <laughs> they may have deserved a win out of that, you know what I mean? Which would have really put us in a hole. But um, I think walking out of there with one point is the best we could have asked for. And even that probably doesn't really, you know, tell the true, the true tale of, of what that match was like. Because um, I think we were pinned back for a lot. And I just felt like, you know, getting to our own, our own half and getting into their final third just felt like, felt like a mission. It felt like pulling teeth. So... Yeah, man, it's just more continued frustration, right, at the end of the day. So I guess, you know, to follow up on that, for me, it was more of the same, you know, going into the match yesterday at, at Bordeaux. Uh, James, I'll let you kick it off with what you saw yesterday um, and just your takeaways. You know, was it more of the same for you? Did you see, you know, improvements, if you know, if any, or, you know, were there additional flaws or even more concerns or, or red flags on your part? Yeah, I think... Um... Well, one thing I'll point out is that I, so it's funny because we were in a group chat and we were talking about it and um, I went back and like watched the match because after I saw the score, I'm like, oh, damn, here we go. Again, more of the same. But then I'm watching the match and I'm like, when the hell did Bordeaux end up scoring? Like, when did it happen? You know, I'm watching um, yet more of our former PSG uh, young players find their legs in Adley um, and Pimbele and get, you know, quality minutes, even though I don't know where Adley was shooting. He was like the ball was going over the, over the uh, entire stadium. I think it landed in my, in my living room. But um, I was really wondering like, when the hell did Bordeaux actually score? And then it came damn near at the death of the match. Inconsistency, lack of attention, lack of focus, and we let them get back into the match, um, and rightfully so, because I don't think, I don't think I ever want to see Danilo play again for PSG, um, because this is the second match where his inability to defend has cost us tremendous. I think in the, the Leipzig match, it cost us a penalty. And then this match is all over the pitch. Um, and it didn't help. And that was a sub from, uh, from Poach. 
And I think up until that point, we were playing decent enough to get out of there with with two goals, but then to kind of turn it over the way we did later on in the match, I just didn't appreciate that. I will say maybe we were wrong about Wijnaldum. Actually, Ty, I think you you were the one. I'll give you pre- credit right now. I'll give you props. Um, you were one of the, the few that was holding out hope, and I'm glad to see him finding his form. It will be interesting to see how that figures itself out once Messi returns. Yeah. I think that'll be the real test there. But I like what I saw from him. He seemed a lot more confident. He linked up with Mbappe for a really nice goal. Um, so that was really, really good to, to see. Oh, that was from the uh, Leipzig game. But in terms of uh, for Bordeaux, um, I was happy to see Neymar look like Neymar. Um, the first goal was a rocket that was a 2v1 situation. He kind of squeezed the two defenders together and then uh, was able to make the shot right into the corner around. It was real clean. It was like FIFA. It was like you're playing a video game. And then the second goal, the the give and go from the back heel with Mbappe, that's Mbappe's move. He He can do that with Messi. He can do that with Neymar. That little give-and-go thing where, yeah. oh, man. Beautiful. That's what you love to see. That's the, the attractive style of footy that, that, we, that we want to see. But all of that is for naught if you cannot hold ground. And, um, you know, I know that there are folks that, even from the PSG family, that mentioned, like, oh, this is a really good game. It's a really good match. Yeah, but no, because it's not good if you can't finish the job and you have to be able to perform for all 90, especially from a team. I mean, Bordeaux scored two goals and you would have thought they won the World Cup or something. So it's sometimes it's not even a matter of these teams wanting to actually win the match. They just want to put a point on the board and that matters for them. And so for the life of me, I don't know why we don't have a mentality of, hey, it doesn't matter if we're up by 10 goals. They just want to score on us. So they're going to keep attacking. They're not going to roll over and die. This is not the PSG from a few years ago when Neymar first came on the scene. And, you know, these these league on teams just kind of rolled over after a certain point in time. They're fighting to the death. And they're going to keep fighting into the death because this is a big match. They're going to get up for this match. And this is like when LeBron was on the heat with D Wade, didn't matter what team they were playing. Everybody just wants to put a point on the board against you. And so take that as a challenge and step up. Kimpembe, Kimpembe, my guy. (laughs) I don't think I have to say anything here. This is actually the second match, funny enough, where his, his form just baffles me. I think Nkunku scored on them in, in the Leipzig game. Yeah. And, and you know, again, overcommitting um, in the final third, missing your assignments, Marquinhos having to scramble to jump from here to there to help cover because the defensive acumen just isn't where it needs to be. Um, it, it's really all over the place. And I don't – and I think we've said this before. I don't know if he is 
the guy, but then at the same time, you don't really have a replacement because Sergio Ramos is still mysteriously injured. Where's so, Sergio? <laughs> we don't know. I, and, you know, I'm not – I don't know what the severity of that situation is, so I'm not going to fault him for that, but I, I'm very concerned. Um, Albert Ellis is a grown man. Um, yes. He had uh, Juan Bernat in hell <laughs> um, and, and pray for Bernat. That's my guy. But Albert Ellis doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about anyone's feelings. He's a grown man. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm very nervous about this team. I like what I saw that we actually – that Neymar's actually getting back in the form. Um, you know, from the last game, I like that. I'm seeing one now of them show up. Um, I like that Mbappe is becoming a little bit more creative. But we're still allowing a lot of shots on goal. We are still getting – sliced up in the midfield our defense is still very confused um and i'm tired of us pulling out these these miraculous wins at the last second or giving up leads that we should be in command of this team needs an identity and i think it's up to the manager to pull in the reins i understand that we haven't had a consistent lineup in quite some time but so do most teams so we just have to get over that we have enough talent we have to play we have to show up and we have to be consistent it's just what it is if anything was positive, you know, it, it was that it seems that Neymar is, is turning the corner, right? And again, it was another performance where we were ahead, right? Or we won the game based on individual brilliance, right? From Neymar and Mbappe, right? And I kind of tweeted something uh, and it was just like back to basics, right? And it was because this is Neymar and Mbappe are who we've had before we added all these extra pieces. Um, and these two have a connection. It's clear. They enjoyed playing with each other. Um, and crazy to say, right. I think eight matches, uh, for Neymar this season, right. Eight or nine matches. Those were his first goals from open play. I think he had, he had one penalty. So that's the, those are the first two goals he scored all season, November 6th from open play. And then in the champions league, he has no assists, no goals in the three matches he's played in the champions league. So, you know, hopefully the silver lining of that match is that he's beginning to turn the corner and, you know, find his, find his form and, um, you know, him and uh, him, Neymar and or him, Neymar, him, Messi and Mbappe have the opportunity to really start to, you know, form something and Messi the same, right. He, he needs to find his form as well. But, you know, to your point about Danilo, um, yeah, he, he's at fault for that. But I think it's also back to, you know, something we've talked about in the past is that, and Tuchel said it, right? He's not a central midfielder. He's not a CDM. This guy is meant to play center back. The matches where he's played center back, we've praised him and said how, he, how well he's done, right? It is a different skill set to play with everything in front of you, as opposed to tracking trailers uh, from the midfield and, and stuff like that. And yeah, Kempembe, right? A, a year ago, I think we've always had like questions here and there, but it seems like, you know, 12 months ago, he was starting to find it. And we were like, okay, maybe he is someone that we can count on and pair with Marquinhos. Um, but this year, he's just been awful. You know, he, he's made questionable decisions. I think there was a stat that came out um, after the Leipzig game that he now in his career at PSG or through his starts has, um, has given away three or four penalties um, as a center back, which is like the most by a center back in PSG in God knows how long. 
you know, and they all come at critical times. You look at it, Leipzig, extra time, Man United, you know, literally extra time as well. Um, you know, and then I don't even know when the other one was, but I'm sure it was also at a devastating time, you know, like it always seems probably. Like, yeah. And, but, but the thing is, right. Like with these matches with PSG, it just feels like it's coming. Like, I don't, I've never, <laughs> I've never felt, and, and it, that's not just, that's not just Kempembe specific. That is like, this team just feels like it can't see out a result. It just feels like this is going to come down and the other team's going to get a chance in yeah. the final minutes. Right. And just like people have in the beginning of the season, we're like, Oh, PSG's winning. And we're, you know, I'm hearing this word thrown around a lot resilience. This team is resilient. Look how much they fight. And I'm just like, uh, okay. But for me, I'm like the other teams see it that way. We continue to be leaky within the final 25 minutes, right? We, we just can't close out a game and whether that's due to playing down to the competition or whether that's due to lack of focus or um, being overconfident or substitutions. Um, I'm sure, right, there, there are multiple ingredients to a recipe, whether a recipe is bad or good. It's not just one thing. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it, it's more the same, right? And again, I think both the goals against Bordeaux came against the run of play. It was a great cross from Mbappe, great finish on the near post from Neymar, and then a great one-two, beautiful backheel flick from Mbappe, you know, very reminiscent of the Mbappe Messi, you know, goal, except this one, you know, wasn't played to the top corner. Neymar puts it in. Good for him. Two goals. Let's let's keep that going. But just because that happened, it doesn't mean that that was a great performance. I'm seeing people talk about that this was an excellent performance by PSG up until the last 10 minutes. No, well, this wasn't an excellent performance. Like literally, if Neymar doesn't score those goals, you're looking at this and saying PSG didn't create, create enough. Bordeaux was in our half. We're getting sliced up. We can't make passes. Again, yeah. like people are papering over cracks because we're winning games. To me, that wasn't an excellent performance, but listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion. So I don't knock anybody for that. But Again, right? It's another instance where it's not a team win. It's individual performance that got us to be two ahead in the first place. And then just to cover the last point before I pass it over to John on Wijnaldum, same thing. Glad to see him turning that corner. The two goals against Leipzig, I don't think he played tremendously. I think, you know, it was a great tap-in goal, right space at the right time. I love the darting and run from midfield. I think he did it again, obviously, against Bordeaux. Um, beautiful, unselfish assist. Um, to start to just at least build himself confidence, right? I think it's big for him to see himself contributing. But yeah, he, he didn't play amazing, but he's finding his form, right? And, and with all the injuries that are happening for PSG, we need to count on him, right? We need to be able to count on him. He's probably going to get the start against City. Um, one concern I do have, and it's something that Jules had mentioned on the ESPN podcast is PSG seemed to play this 4-2-3-1 every match and it doesn't go well. And then after halftime, they make an adjustment to a back three how come Paz just hasn't started in the back three when every time he's made the change, we've played better than we did in the back four, right? Start with the back three, play like that way from the beginning and see if you can see out a game. Like, why haven't you just given it a try? I don't understand. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but again, man, right. More of the same again. Um, what about you, John? Yeah, I think y'all um, pretty much hit most of the important po uh, points in that Bordeaux match. I, the only thing that I would like to emphasize is the the play of of Wijnaldum, who I've been like, let's give my man some time. Like it it, it takes time to adjust 
um, moving to a new league and playing with a different team and all these types of things. And it's interesting. I was watching Liverpool today who were, who got who got ran off the pitch by West Ham. Uh, they needed one out of bad today. And you just look at this, what, what he provided in terms of being that eight, that energetic box to box. And and I think, James, you bring you bring up a good point. Maybe when Messi gets back, he won't have that space to run into those. He won't have that those spaces to run into if Messi's there's on a ball and that might change. But I think it's worth if it's worth a, a shot if you're Pochettino to 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 keep him in the lineup consistently so that he can make those runs into the box and, and, and just be as influential as he is both on offense and defense. So I'm I'm really happy to see one Alden really starting to get into his bag and, and show what, what he's really capable of. And it's really phony from a lot of our fans where every time we get a new midfielder, two matches in, oh, get him out of here. He's trash. Y'all said the same thing about Parade. Y'all said the same thing about Ghana Gay, said the same thing about Herrera. And they end up being important pieces to our team and, and end up being some of the most consistent players on our team so it's you know it's important to give these players some time they're not robots bro they're they're human beings they have to figure this thing out um but i think uh, y'all y'all hit y'all hit it on the head in terms of just like we 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 started we started well we had controller to match for the most part and up until like the 50th 60th minute and then it, it was panic station just like bro what what what, what changed <laughs> in 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 that time in that time span where we we weren't playing great but we sort of had control we had a lead two goals and y'all y'all three goals i should say we, we essentially blew a three <laughs> almost blew, <laughs> blew a three goal lead um but yeah it's it comes down to Pochettino having to to find something that works with this team. Maybe he has an idea of what he wants to do and he's trying to force it instead of adapting to the players that he has. And it's not working for him, for us or for him for that matter. So I think um, I, I do think that we we're going to, we're going to see something different here in the next couple of matches when we get all of our players back. But for now, I'm still not liking what I'm what I'm seeing from an identity uh, point of view. It's a perfect segue. It's a perfect segue, and I think it's important. Um, you know, one of the last things you know I want to touch on before we jump into like injuries is just the latest from Potch, right? I think you know it's important for us all to kind of get our thoughts out there. You know, I'm Potch. This isn't an anti-Potch podcast. This is you know, it's at, at the end of the day, right? One thing I always want to emphasize is it's all about the badge, man, right? It's we're here because we want to see PSG succeed. So entail, that means we want to see Potch succeed, but we also want to be objective, right? And we maybe don't all see the same way. And I think one thing that's very interesting right now and actually more torn than in the past is the PSG fan base seems to be really on either one side of the spectrum on this, right? It's either you have a large number who are Potch out or you have a large number who are Potch in because we're winning. I was having a conversation with Ed, you know, and Mark yesterday, and they're of the mindset, or at least some folks, I, I don't want to speak for them, but a lot of folks are for the mind, of the mindset that, okay, yes, we're not playing well, but we're winning. So that's good enough for them. You know, obviously I want to get, you know, the take from you guys on just what is your take on Potch? You know, how do you feel? Um, are you, you know, Potch out? Are you potch in or are you kind of like me where this isn't black and white for me this isn't you know one side or the other it's um i want to see potch succeed but i have concerns that i want to address and you know i i do see both sides of the argument right on this and 
just like an analogy I said earlier, is every recipe, when you add the ingredients, whether the recipe is good or bad, has multiple components to it, right? Posh isn't the only reason that we're performing not well, right? This also falls on the players. It also falls on Leonardo, team construction, um, lack of consistency, lack of availability with players. But yeah, you know, obviously it's important for you guys to, to share your thoughts, I think, because everyone is having their say on Potch right now. So John, you know, what are your thoughts, man, just on, on Potch, you know, his job so far this season, differences you've seen from last season and in an ideal world, you know, how does PSG handle this or the Potch situation? How much, you know, rope do we give him until we say, you know, enough is enough. Yeah. Well, I think most importantly, it's about how Leonardo and the board feels. And I think I read something like think last week came out where they pretty much backed them as like, yo, give him time. And, you know, we're, we're, we're in full support of Pochettino and his staff is what Leonardo said. So I think that's, that's the most important thing. But uh, for me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not with this whole Poch out, Tuchel out, Emery out thing. I, I think it's a, it's a nasty cancer to a football culture where fans just like after a stretch of performances, you want a coach out. Like you, there's, there's finances that goes into this. Like they got to pay that man out. If, if they fire him early, there's so many other things that play a part in those decisions being made other than you being pissed off that this guy ain't playing the lineup you, you like, he ain't playing the players you like, and, and the football is not attractive the way you like it to be. But I, I think it comes down to, again, the board, right? Like they're the ones who are the most responsible because it's a culture that PSG has where the ambition is Champions League or bust. And that pressure just puts so much that that pressure is just so much for any coach who comes into this uh, into the squad where it's like it doesn't matter what I do in the league it doesn't matter how we develop individual players if we don't win the Champions League I'm out of here or I'm liable to get fired because that's the only thing that matters at PSG so it's the then Nasser and the board put so much pressure onto the players and the coaches that it, it, it creates a very toxic culture and, and I bring this up again. You look at Thiago Silva. He leaves one year, boom, wins the Champions League. And he talked about it in the post-match and after the finals. Like, yo, I, I play with less pressure here because at PSG, the only thing matters is winning the Champions League. And you can imagine how much pressure these guys are under day in, day out to make sure that they compete at the very best and, and, and win these matches. But it's it's not realistic, if, if, if I'm being honest. But these players might love that challenge. Like, yeah, let's be the first ones to bring a Champions League to, to PSG. And I get that, but I think it, it starts with, with the board and, and setting realistic expectations so we can actually build a team, give Pochettino time to actually find the identity and to find what he needs to, to actually build this team. And if, if that doesn't happen, we're gonna, it's going to be a revolving door of coaches for, for years to come at PSG until somebody finally wins that, wins that, that, that Champions League for us. So I, I don't, I don't think Pochettino is a trash coach. Like if we take PSG out the picture before he arrived, Pochettino was a good coach. He took a very average Tottenham team to the fucking, uh, part my friends to the Champions League final. And that's not a small feat to me. Like he was a very solid coach brought Tottenham up to a respectable level where you talk about how they, how the rivalry is with the with the London teams in, in the Premier League. So Potch is not a trash coach. So let, let's start there. Understand that you have a quality manager and give him the time to work out what he needs to work. And 
if it if you if you give them a full season and it doesn't work, then you make the decision. But this mid-season firing business, yeah, bro, it's it's not gonna do us good in the, in the long run. I, I definitely, I definitely, you know, agree with that. I'm not a fan of moving, you know, from coach to coach. I think my my piece or my gripe is that we're covering over cracks, right? And that doesn't mean fire potch, but I'm not buying this. We're a resilient team because we we scrape by shitty performances you know, off individual brilliance, or we play 16th and 17th place teams in Liga and they're not clinical enough to, you know, put the nail in the coffin against us. That's not resilience to me. That's, that's luck. Right. And one thing I mentioned to Mark is, you know, they kept bringing up the stats of 12, three and one, 12, three and one. And I asked, you know, some people a fair question. I said, listen, that's, that's all good. You know, not to bash Liga. Right. But we all know that there are stronger leagues out there. Are we 12, three and one, if we're playing in the premier league or in Italy right now. Absolutely not. No, we're not. Okay. We're not. We barely escaped a team in 17th place. And that doesn't mean that teams in France are trash, but again, we're not playing other world class, world-class players on a week in and week out basis, right? We're not being tested. Um, and I tell you right now, we get into the round of 16 and we play and we don't get first place in the group and we get a uh, matchup against uh, Bayern Munich. Boy, boy, don't say that name. Boy, don't even say that name. Look, James already's having nightmares. He already don't having. Don't even nightmares. say that name. You know what I mean? So, name. um, James, what about you, man? What's your what's your take on Poch, man? Like, where do you stand? Obviously, um, you know, I think I think you're kind of more in line with me and John in terms of we're not saying fire Poch, but we also have our concerns. Yeah, well, you know, I appreciate you guys because you, you know, you both give the very very methodical and like tactical explanations and reasons as to, you know, why, why, why pot should, should stay. Um, and I'll, and I'll add to the, to that and saying this job, this PSG job is honestly unlike any of the other jobs as a football manager. And the reason being is because not only do the players, but also the staff have the expectation and responsibility of bringing home a Champions League. And you might say, well, James, everyone wants to win Champions League. But that's the point. Everyone wants to win Champions League. PSG have a mandate that this must happen. Otherwise, it is a complete catastrophe and failure of a season. And with that, there is this added expectation and pressure of Champions League or bust. That influences your locker room. That influences your um, the players that you, you recruit and you sign. I mean, we're having conversations about our, our youth talent and how we have to keep loaning them out or selling them off to other teams because they just cannot find a place in a team where the mandate is you must win Champions League. And I'm Shabby Simmons is, is my man's. He's not going to win Champions League for us, nor should he. He's a kid. But when is he going to have the ability and the opportunity to play? We shouldn't see Christopher Nkunku scoring on us in Champions League. He should still be home. Pimbele should still be home. Um, 
there's so many. There's, I'm like Diaby, drawing a blank. Diaby, Diaby two goals and two assists midweek. They should still be home. Um, and they cannot because they are not at the level that would allow them to win us a Champions League. And it could be with time. And this is one of the reasons why you can see a Thiago Silva go to Chelsea and just play free and ironically win the Champions League because although the destination may be Champions League for all other teams, it is not the absolute mandate as it is in, in PSG land. And so when you're looking at Poch, he's doing a, a decent job. And I do think tactically, Ty, as you said, what's up with playing the back three? Like that's something that is in his control. But I think I saw this stat that said, like, in Champions League play, Messi, um, Neymar, and Mbappe combined have um, less like pressure attacking counter chances or something like crazy stat like that. I think like Vinicius by himself has more than all three of those those uh, players combined. Like that's insane. That's tactical, but that's also a player issue. And so I think a lot of times it's very easy to just want to fire or get rid of the manager because that's the easy thing to do, quote unquote. But how many times are we going to spin that wheel? There's not that many coaches left out there. Not that can manage at this level. You know, and I even like what Potch said in in reaction to, you know, Tuchel saying, oh, well, it's really easy to, to, to manage uh, Lukaku. You know, I had to manage so many personalities in that PSG locker room. You know, I think say something to the effect of listen like I respect everybody I respect you know professionals I come up with a culture of respect and so I'm not going to speak on any business that's not PSG related I've known PSG for like 20 years or something and I've you know also known them for like 10 months you know as to say about his time managing the team Um, but he's a consummate professional we know he's not going to get out there and say anything stupid or brash or jump out the window and you need someone that level-headed kind of steering the ship here. We do want to see that translate onto the pitch. And there's, there's, I think the good thing here is that there are things that we clearly see that can be adjusted. It is not like this mystery as to what's going on on the pitch or what needs to happen. We can clearly see what needs to happen and what needs to be tried. And so that's a positive sign. But I don't think that you solve this by yelling, hey, potch out every 10 minutes because the same people saying potch out are the same people talking about the score or the or our record and saying hey we have this great record but then as soon as we get down they're like potch out but we have a great record so why would you want potch out it can't be both things right so you do have to give this person a chance but i think it's very difficult in a culture and climate of psg as it is currently constructed now which is champions league or bust this team is an entirely different DNA if that is not the mandate. I think the players play a lot freer. We can sign players who need a bit more growth and development. And so if we're not going deep into Champions League, it's not a failure of a season because we're building a project. That's why I like what they're doing with Chelsea. They have a lot of young players. They have a lot of kids over there that are finding their legs. And because they can play free, they don't have this hanging expectation over their heads. They can go out there and win. And they just happen to win the biggest damn prize of them all. Go figure.
So you have to give this guy a chance. And I don't know if it's us laying off these expectations of, you know, Champions League or bust. I get it. We have a lot of older players, a lot of world-class players who, you know, where that's on their mind, but it's kind of hard to, ha- it's kind of hard to play up to that mentality or play up to that level day in and day out, because not only you're playing your opponent, but you're playing the critics, you're playing your expectations of yourselves and the team, you're playing expectations of, of making history, all of those things weigh on you and your decision-making. And so he's under a microscope of, the club's own doing to a degree because of the expectations that we have. And and I get it, but you got to give him a chance. And that's tough to say because he doesn't actually have it. Like he doesn't have a chance because we need to win this thing. Uh, And so it's it's really tough. I understand the, 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 the space that he's occupying right now. And I will say in the public life, he seems to be handling that. Well, we haven't seen any outbursts or anything like that from him. He seems to be handling that. Well, but I understand what that pre- that pressure he's under. Uh, this club is a lot. It's definitely a lot. Yeah, it's a, the job is a poison chalice, right? At the end of the day, for every manager. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'd say for me is I just want to see progression, right? I, I want to see an idea. I want to see you try something. And because he's tried the same thing over and over, it just doesn't feel like he's coming up with any new ideas. I haven't seen anything different. And while people keep saying, you know, and you and John have both said it, we have to give him a chance. Let's not forget, we're approaching December. He's been here since January. He's almost been here for a year. So it's th- this isn't that he just got here. One thing I will give him is that there is a lot of injuries, dealing with international break, but you know, part of me wants to give him that. But at the same time, that's not changing, right? Like there's con- going to continue to be international break. There's going to continue to be champions league. There's going to continue to be the inability or lack of time to be able to train the way that you really want to. Um, you know, there's going to be injuries. This team has shown that we are a club that for some reason just can't fight off the injury bug. That is not changing. This team is too dependent on Marco Verratti as much as I love him. He just can't stay healthy. Um, and yeah, man, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm open to giving Potch more time. Um, but I just got to see more, right? I got to see you come with a different formation. I got to see you try different things. Um, and I just feel like I haven't. And, you know, it's, it's unfair to him to make the two cool comparisons because they're different managers, different tactics, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you look at the stats, the goals against and the expected goals for, even since he joined last January, before we got the new acquisitions have been totally different. Potch is conceding more goals every match. He's expected by the stats to concede more goals because his defense is so leaky and he continues to be expected to score less goals or not expected to score as many goals. Um, so, yeah, man, listen, I also think it's not a good idea to fire people midseason. Uh, you know, everyone is clamoring for Zidane, but um, while Zidane, I think, will demand the respect of the players, um, you know, is he the man for the job? I don't know, right? There, there are some individuals that say stick with Potch. There are some that say let him go. You have some contributors on the team who are, you know, throwing out names like Ten Hag and, you know, other folks. Um, I don't really have an answer. You know, I just want to see something different. I want Potch to succeed. I'm rooting for him. Um, but, you know, if you want me to defend you, you got to at least give me some material to, to lay my defense on, right. I think is what's, is what's key, but um, we'll see, right. We'll, we'll touch on this again and, and see the thing with PSG, right. Is 
who knows, right? We're, we're limping through the group stage right now. We're, we're getting points where we need to be fair. Um, we look like we still are going to qualify, right? Our destiny's in our hands, but there then, I guess, on the flip side have been years where we've run through the group stage, qualified by the third or fourth match pretty much. And then we get bounced in the round of 16 or quarterfinals, right? So again, I just want to see progress. And it goes back to the point we talked about another time where Liverpool one year, limped through this, lost three games, drew three games or whatever, uh, and then went on to win the Champions League. So the way you're playing now shouldn't always indicate the way that you're going to play in February or March or April, right? Because a, a lot can change in that time. Um, I think for this team, as always, health is key, right? The consistency when you have this many new players is key. All right, to wrap up this week's episode, um, it's only fitting to touch on a couple key injury stories that have you know, either been lingering or um, have recently taken place for, you know, the current listeners. Um, John did have to jump. He has a, um, a soccer match or football match actually coming up that he has to get ready for at five 30. So we wish him luck, you know, hopefully, yes, my, hopefully my man gets a brace. Hopefully he, you know, gets busy. Um, but it, it will be me and James for this. Uh, I think, you know, there's really only one place to start here. It is, you know, Messi has missed the last two games with, apparently knee discomfort and a hamstring injury, but has still, you know, for some reason been called up for national team duty. And from what I read today, uh, intends to play in both World Cup qualifying matches for Argentina. Um, a lot of people are concerned. They're confused why Argentina is calling him up. Um, Leonardo has even apparently attempted to get FIFA involved and, you know, is highlighting this is a key issue between international and club relations as the club teams really don't have a say in when players go. Um, one thing I do remember though, during Messi's negotiations was that, you know, he made it a point in his contract to make sure that Argentina call-ups and national team call-ups are like priority for him. So like he yes, is pre-approved, I believe, to go to all. So it's just even another layer where Leonardo doesn't have a say. But what is your take, Jay, man? And just, you know, obviously one of our star players, knee discomfort, hamstring injury, potentially going to play in two, you know, World Cup qualifiers, you know, with a massive game against City coming up in the next couple of days. Yeah, I, I think that um, from what I read, I think even Messi is is – looking for answers around this this discomfort uh and i think that they're being very careful on how they are articulating it so i've seen discomfort knee hamstring pains um i don't i don't know if he's actually going to play in these international games or he'll be coming off the bench or he's just training with the team but um i think based on what we were discussing earlier this is a player who does need to find his form with the with the team. I think he's only played like twelve games with PSG, maybe maybe twelve. Um, so he is trying to find his form. I don't know what the severity of the injury is, and I don't think that Poch knows either. Um, just the very nature of his contract, and you know the ability for him to be called up to Argentina. Um, without PSG having really any say-so in that. Um, I'm not actually sure what's going on with this injury. I don't think that, well, obviously, it's not that severe to where it's prohibiting him from actual play, which is a good thing. I will be curious, again, to see if he's playing for Argentina or not. 
um, or if he's just going to train with them or what that kind of looks like. Um, but that will clearly give us a bit of indication. I don't, I don't know if I have any trepidation with this big city match coming up because if he gets out on the pitch and he can play for Argentina, that's great. But if he, if he plays for them and then he comes back and says, oh, I can't start for PSG, then we're going to have a different conversation. And I hope that's not the case. Um, I, it looks like he was just starting to find his, his legs for PSG. Obviously, he's come out and discussed at length the fact that Liga is a very difficult league to score in. It's a very physical and aggressive league. And so, oh, uh, you know, world-class, legendary, one-of-one player as Leo, Lionel Messi is, I know he's not shying away from the opportunity to, to play. And, you know, he's clearly showing that with wanting to go play internationally. And I do think that he needs those reps. And so, again, my hope is that if he is going to Argentina to play and he does play, that's a great sign for us because it's showing, like, the injury isn't that bad. But I don't, I don't even know if he's going to play or if he's going to come off the bench or what. Um, but kind of beats waiting around to get, you know, results from your injury when it doesn't really seem like it's an injury. It's just a little bit of discomfort. And it may have been a bit preemptive on his part to just say, Hey, legs not feeling too good. Let me just sit out for a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think this is a very gray area. So I'm being very careful to in discussing it until we have more information. Yeah, early reports that I'm reading are that he intends to play. Um, same thing with, I'm not sure, I do know that Paredes, who has, hasn't played in multiple games, um, also has accepted the call-up and will be going. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, hamstrings are very finicky injuries, if that is what it is. Um, you know, this knee discomfort, maybe it's something he's just going to have to deal with. Um, knees are tricky as well, but hamstrings, you know, can easily be tweaked. So I think all of us as PSG fans are going to, you know, have our eye on the way this plays out. Um, Paredes as well, you know, he's someone that we could really use back in the, in the rotation to add a little bit of depth. Um, you know, someone specifically, I think that can help us, you know, beat the press. Um, Verratti as well, from what I'm reading, um, you know, shout out to PSG Hub on Twitter. Um, they're mentioning that Sergio Ramos, like I mentioned earlier, will resume with the group uh, this upcoming week. This was two days ago. And then Marco Verratti continues his individual treatment, will not be, you know, going uh, or accepting a call up with Italy, but training is expected to resume after the international break announced the club. So he should return to training um, after this upcoming break. And yeah, you know, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, Breaking news that I actually just read, this just came out about an hour ago, um, that apparently in last night's game, Kaylor Navas took a severe blow to his right elbow, um, had an MRI, which did indicate a um, significant elbow sprain, and therefore he will not be joining Costa Rica, um, the national team, this upcoming week. And it looks like, you know, he's going to need some uh, some time, you know, kind of on the bench oh, to man. heal up as well. Yeah, so let's hope that, you know, Donnarumma doesn't pick up any injuries. Um, with Italy, because that would literally be the last thing that we need right now. Um, but apparently it's the point where Navas can't even extend his arm. I can't even Jeez. fully extend his arm. I don't know when that happened in the game yesterday. It wasn't really, I don't remember seeing that. So I'll have to go back and, and take a look. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, that's, that's the end. Um, 
I think that's pretty much it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up since we're missing, you know, the the third piece of this of this triangle. But again, guys, you know, great spending time with you. You know, a great opportunity yes, for us to talk footy, chill with the boys. Um, you know, just bringing you guys another you know segment of PSG Talk. You know, so make sure you guys follow PSG Talk. Make sure you guys follow Twenty Fourth and Park on Twitter. Make sure you guys take a listen um, and subscribe to all the other you know content creators and podcasts under the the PSG Talk umbrella. We appreciate the support. And until next time, be safe, stay well.